Yeah, so it's my job, my exciting job, my privilege to share some of this story with you. It's this incredible story, which I think is really the fulcrum of all history. This is the point at which history pivots round. And I'm not saying that because that's what people tend to say on Easter morning, and we don't really know what that means. I'm saying that because I truly believe it, and I, it's my goal, my, my hope to, um, to share some of those reasons with you this morning. Um, but first of all, we need to start with a story. So last week at the evening service, um, I got into a conversation, indeed, it was just like that, with a lady who I'd never met before. And she said, um, we, we were chatting, and then she said, what's your name? And I said, my name's Dan. And she said, Stan? I said, no, 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 my name is Dan. She went, Stan, nice to meet you, Stan. No, 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 no. listen, it's Dan. My name is Dan. And she said, yes, Stan. And at that point, I thought, I'm going to spend my life having this conversation. So I conceded. I said, yes, my name's Stan. Nice to meet you. And we moved on. And then her partner, who I'd actually met a few times, um, came over. Um, and she said to her partner, oh, have you met Stan? And her partner looked a bit confused. And I thought, it's okay, because they're going to explain that my name's Dan. I'll reclaim my identity. We can move on, and it'll all be funny. But... Um, she looked confused and then um, a little bit embarrassed. And then she said, oh, Stan. And so it's spreading. And now I fear that as her influence spreads, slowly I'm going to lose my Danness and I'm going to become known as Stan. I'm going to have to get a new passport, a new driving license. It's awful. And this, I think, is the perfect segue into the Easter story. I think you'll agree. Because it strikes me that... Um, we've kind of got a little bit confused with the central character, the central character who is Jesus Christ. We've got confused because we think that his name is Jesus, surname Christ, son of Mary and Joseph Christ. We know some of um, Jesus' brothers. There was James Christ. There was Joseph Jr. Christ. There was, uh, who, who, there was Jude Christ. <clears throat> and my favorite, Simon Christ. <laughs> it's a great name, isn't it? But this is wrong. This is wrong. Jesus was the name of uh, a first century man who lived 2,000 years ago. That was his name. Christ was his title. And to unpack this, we're going to have to go on a, We're going to have to take a step back. We're going to have to take a step back a whole long way. In fact, we're going to have to take a step back about 13.7 billion years, if we have time. And we're going to take a little bit of a wide view of this. In fact, we're going to look across the breadth of the entire universe, which is 93 billion light years. But we're going to go at some pace. So just so you know, we're going to try and cover this in 10 minutes, which means that we're going to be going at around about 3.3 trillion trillion miles an hour. So I hope you can stay with me. Before we get onto that, I want to just clear up a little bit of Trinitarian fuzz, um, which we all have. Again, I'm going to do this very quickly. <laughs> you feeling confident? Good, good. So, like all trinities, there are how many members? Three. Three. If you've got more or less, you've got it wrong. Good trinities, police, eternal in their later years, and of course the Godhead. Um, so the first one, who we may be familiar with, um, this is God without form. This is the essence of God, or the will of God. And we know, we call this, this part of the trinity, we call parent God. You may know him 
as Father God. But that is an interesting point in itself because it tells us that we're using human language and symbolism to try and understand and explain God. But really, the reality of God is far beyond our concept of numbers and nouns. But we're reducing God to try and understand their their essence, their identity. So I don't think that this is the most watertight explanation of the Trinity, but I think it makes sense to me. So we have parent God. That's the first one. Then there's God in energy. That's God working through us, working through Jesus. We call that the spirit. And then there's God who takes on form, God who enters history, God of mass and time, God who you can touch and see and hear. And that we call the Christ. I want to read uh, to you from John um, chapter 1 because this is his introduction to the Christ. This is who we're dealing with. He says, In the beginning, that's the beginning of everything, was the word. And the word here is logos, which we could translate as meaning or reason or core or foundation. We've translated it word, but it means the reason for everything. So in the beginning was the word, was Christ. This is talking about Christ. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overwhelm it. That's good. That's our Easter message. But what does this mean for who Christ is? So we've thought Christ, or Jesus, he rocked up about 2,000 years ago. He'd kind of been hanging out on a distant nebula somewhere, just waiting for his human form to become handy. But actually, what John's implying here is that the Christ was around from the beginning. So we're not talking 2,000 years. From what we know, we're talking 13.7 billion years because that's when God started to make himself known, themselves known through mass and in time. That's when, that's the moment the Big Bang, um, as far as we know, happened. And the wingspan of Christ, so rather than five and a half foot, which is the average height of a first century Israelite, we're talking 93 billion light years. This is the reality of God. This is God made known in time and space. This is what the Christ is. But then something inexplicable happens, something that doesn't make sense or is incredibly surprising, because Christ, the mass, the, the physical representation of Christ, entered the body of Jesus. And then we have this unity of God and Jesus, the Christ and Jesus. That's the story that we're remembering now, or the, or the conclusion of it all. So what then does this all mean? It means that in Christ, in Jesus, we see the fulfillment of God. We see the reality of God, because that is what the Christ is. Richard Rohr, who's um, a Franciscan um, theologian, um, he said that, he's, there's, I've got a great quote from him, if I can get it up. He said, there's no such thing as merely natural. It's all supernatural because we're all created through Christ. This is what Christ is. Everything you can see, everything was created with the purpose of love, with God's intent. 
that's what the Christ is. Are you with me? So you, you know that the Christ is a big reality. It's, it's the physical representation of God. And that physical representation of God became human 2,000 years ago. But what then does this mean? And why are we here today saying, hallelujah, this is great? It means that in Christ, we see the fullness of God. It means, it means that through the life of Christ and the death of Christ, we understand the true rhythm of all of creation. We understand that this is about community. It's about love. It's about service because we can follow the life that Jesus lived. What was the things that he did? He stood up for the oppressed, for the marginalized, the people who were on the edge and about to be stoned. He stood up and he confronted their enemies and he said, this is wrong. He fought for justice. But then Jesus died. They arrested him and they executed him and that was it. He died. And then his followers, you can read it, they kind of went, oh, we got it wrong. And they left him. Some of the women stayed around, but all the men kind of went, whoops, we'll just go back to fishing. We'll kind of forget this and quietly move, up, move on. Peter doubted. So Jesus died, and it seemed like it was all over. But then Sunday came, and there's this Trump card. I don't mean Trump as in Donald. I mean Trump like the good kind. <laughs> Because Easter came, and the tomb was empty. And this is the point at which the whole of history was rewritten, because it proves who Jesus was. If Jesus were a man, he would have stayed in the tomb. But if Jesus was the Christ, then he could raise from the dead. And that he rose from the dead, it was proof of who he was proof of his identity he was the Christ which means it, it just means everything because it means that in Jesus in this crazy guy who put other people first who loved other people who served the least we see God's full intention God's intention for the universe so you see that this has ramifications not just for people who gather in churches on Easter Sunday this means everything for the whole universe because it's this is the rhythm of God this is the rhythm of God made known through humanity. It's an extraordinary story. So what then, again, does this mean for us? So there's Jesus, this radical man who we could dare to follow. But the fact that he is the Christ and he's evidenced in his, the, the rising from the tomb, the resurrection. If that's God, then what does it mean for us? It means we should have faith. It means that when we commit to love, we're committing to God's way. Like, that's the way. We should be encouraged. It's, it's fantastic news. It doesn't mean that we, we can we just try and do our little bit and, and hope for the best. It means that this is the rhythm to which the whole of the universe was created to resound with, to reverberate with. It reverbs, reverberates with community, with communication, with friendship, with relationship, with love. Those are the fundamental rules of the universe, and it changes everything because it calls us to belong to one another. It challenges us that we should never exclude anyone because everyone's created in this reality of the Christ. That's the Easter message. And it also means that wherever we find ourselves, whether we're, we're surfing 
on a wave of great things, or we're struggling through times of loneliness, and we're, we're doubting, and we're alone, and we can't seem to find meaning. We can take courage because Jesus was in that place too. On the cross, he cried out, why have you forsaken me? There's a, a theologian called Peter Rollins who says, in that moment, Jesus became an atheist because he lost his hope. So he's playing that back. But whatever you go through, you can know that Jesus went through that, that he was the Christ, which means in him we see the fullness, the promise of God, the rhythm of the universe, which is God is love, which is love. So that, I think, is the life-giving, revolutionary, exciting, all-encompassing message of Easter. It changes everything everything and the challenge is to allow it do you dare but be encouraged also because the stakes are high but what happened Christ rose it's proof that Jesus was the Christ so we can follow him we're going to move on to a time of communion and this um, sometimes it's a solemn event and you're supposed to to drink this wine and remember that you're a really bad person and then you can have the, the bread. But this is a celebration. It's always a celebration because Jesus passed these things round with his followers and he said, follow me, remember me. And, the, and following and remembering of Christ is what we've just explored. It makes sense of everything. And it makes sense of the greatest law of the universe, which is God is love. So this is something that we should celebrate because we're invited to be part of that. So, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to, um, we're going to sh- if, if there's a few runners, maybe we should get runners. Oh, or Flick, Flick and Nathan are going to be the runners. Yeah. Um, we're going to pass the, the, um, the non-alcoholic wine, the, the cranberry juice round, um, and the bread. And then we invite you to share it with one another. Um, as, as the disciples would have at that original Last Supper. And as you do so, if you have the confidence, remind each other of this unbelievable truth that the Christ became known and revealed the rhythm of the universe. So you can say whatever you want. You can, you can speak words to that effect. You could say, this is the body of Christ because that's what it means. You can say, this is the blood of Christ. You can say, he has risen, hallelujah. You can say, happy Easter. You can pass on any kind of blessing you want. But as you drink and as you eat, my prayer for you is that you would know that this is the story in which we find ourselves. Christ took on the form of man to relate to you the fullness of God, which is, God is love. And you find, we find ourselves as we serve each other.